What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman. And on this holiday week, we thought it'd be fun to do a more personal show than we typically do, especially when Taylor's on the show. Now, for those of you that are new, thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoy uh, the Financial Residency Podcast. Please subscribe to it. Join our community at financialresidency.com slash community. For those of you that are longtime listeners, we love you so much. We appreciate you. And this is actually one of the real motivating things of doing this show is to help all of you have better conversations with your significant others. And I talk a lot about life planning on the show. And Taylor and I did a show a couple Decembers ago. Uh, it's kind of amazing the show has been around that long. But we did a show talking about George Kinder's three questions. And I've previously talked and referenced life planning and those three questions several times throughout many episodes. So we won't go back and necessarily do that here. But when I told Taylor, hey, I want to do an update on our life planning, and I'd heard about something that uh, was a really, really fantastic exercise. I didn't give Taylor a lot of guidance on how we were going to do this. And so this is 100% unscripted. We have not talked about it. You guys are going to hear this unfiltered as we go through it. I'm really excited to go through what's called the airport test. But Taylor, why don't, before we jump in, why don't you tell everyone hello and maybe give your quick disclaimer, because I know you probably have one before we jump into something that I think is extremely personal, but we want you guys to see how we have these discussions and what's important and how you guys can implement something like this. This is not going to work for everyone, but hopefully this will give you guys some ideas. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show today. Thanks, listeners, for asking to have me back on the show. Ryan wanted to do an update to our goals, which is good. So I wrote out some goals. I wasn't really sure what this show was going to look like. So I did all this last night before I went to bed. And then after like midnight, I got an email from Ryan with all of his goals. And I didn't read it. I didn't want to know going into the show what all of his goals were, how this would look. I feel like my natural response is pretty good normally. And I didn't want to have to to fake a response on the show. So this is all unscripted. First time talking about this and it should be good. Yeah, it's it's interesting. She didn't want to fake a response. I'm like, what else are you faking? Come on, man. Like you're killing me. All right. So the airport test, I actually heard for the first time from Pat Flynn, who does the Smart Passive Income podcast. And he had heard it from someone else, but this is how I actually ended up finding it. So I'll give him credit for this, but I love the exercise. I think it's really, really interesting. So the idea is essentially this. Imagine five years from now, you're in an airport and let's say no COVID just to make this fun. And you see an old friend and they ask you, hey, how's life? And your answer that you want to give is life is amazing. It couldn't get any better. And then they ask you, well, why? Tell me what's going on. And so the exercise here is to write the four most important categories in your life and what would have to happen in those four categories to have you give the answer, life is amazing, it couldn't get any better. So I approached this and I wrote down the four categories and I kind of just wrote what I thought would need to happen for me to give that answer. And Taylor approached it as, Goals over a one, three, five years. Is that how you phrased it? I wrote out my goals for one, five, and 10 years. And I didn't make them out into categories. I have made categories now, but I actually don't like questions like this. I feel like it's awkward. Like, am I going to be bragging to some random stranger about like my four life goals in the airport? So Ryan loves these abstract things. And I like the more concrete, like, what are my actual goals in these four areas for one, five, 10 years? Um, but I'll play along. I'm 
Well, it doesn't have to be literal that you don't like, this is an old friend you went to college with, whatever. And that you're telling like, Hey, life's amazing. This is it. The idea is to get you thinking differently, right? We're a lot about mindset and honestly, behavioral finance is a huge portion of personal finance. I think it's actually a lot more important than the ones and zeros. But when you don't have any context of how to talk through this or you know, way exercises to, to help you think, then you're going to stare at a blank piece of paper and go, what are my goals? I don't know. Right. So this is just a way to appreciate the literal, such a doctor, the literal take on this. But let's talk about what are maybe your four categories and then maybe dive into one of them. So my four important categories that I listed are family, health, work and travel. And I'll start with family. I feel like that's the most important thing when we went through our George Kinder's life planning. Family was the most important thing in every category. So for me, just making the most of our family time, having our kids grow up happy, healthy, having fun, creating lots of family traditions and family time together, like game nights, movie nights, like our kids love making s'mores on the fire pit, just having time to do all that fun stuff together with our family and just raising our kids to be happy, good little people. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. My four were family, business, financial, and health. And Taylor's over here. I knew as soon as I said the word financial, she'd shake her head. Well, he's got business and financial. Like that's two. Yeah. There's a business side and a personal finance side. Those are important to me. But the most important is family. And so you didn't read any of my stuff? I didn't read a single word. Okay. When I wrote down family and I wrote that everything is going really well in our marriage, that you are still happy. I'm still trying to get the happy house a uh, happy spouse thing going on, but it just has not caught on. So, you know, that we're still laughing, we're still having fun, that you still tolerate me, everything's going well. We have more time for us. We actually have date nights. Of course, that also means money date nights, having good conversations around our kids and our goals and just being open. And I, I love all that. It means a lot to me to do, to have those conversations. And then of course, you humoring me and listening to me with business talk and helping me flush out ideas and how to resonate more with physicians and really help everyone else. In order to say life's amazing, couldn't get any better for the family category, that our kids have been amazing and they're growing up to be cute little kids and into their teenage years where they're probably not going to be cute, but they're playing sports. They're doing other fun activities that I can go watch and cheer them on. I don't care what it is. If it's baseball, basketball, surfing, ballet, anything that they want to do, I want to be able to be there and to cheer them on. Coaching their teams or having them participate in stuff like surfing or other beach activities. I think that would be really, really neat. And not to go like crazy into to this, but just a better relationship with the rest of my family and my mom and especially They've been really upset that we moved from Vegas. So it would be nice to be able to say that they've they realized it wasn't a personal uh, attack on them and that we're in San Diego for, for a lot of reasons and it wasn't uh, for that. Really, I think for me to say life's amazing, I would, I would say like all of those things would be kicking in all gears and in full force. Yeah, and I agree. Having important time with all of our extended family is good and making that a priority. And just family trips, going to see family, making sure that we make it a priority to see our family and have our kids see the rest of our family is really important too. Yeah. So what was the next one of yours? 
health? Yes, health was the next one on mine. Oh, and don't judge you. She's already judging me. You should see her eyes right now. Oh, man, health's on my list. I was going to say, I didn't read any of the extra words, but I did read your categories. And so I put health on there because you put health on there. Oh, well, what would you have put? That's cheating. I don't know what I would have put, but being healthy is important. Just staying healthy, being able to not be old and be able to do all this. I've had to, I've been doing a lot more yoga lately because sitting in my desk chair, like my back starts to hurt and I'm like, I feel like I'm getting old already. Newsflash, you are getting old. By the way, that is for all the gentlemen out there. That is not something we should probably say to our wives, but you are getting old. So am I. And then also I have type 1 diabetes. I've had it since I was five. So I'm doing well, but just continuing to have good health, I think is really important and being able to maintain that. And I think I do a pretty good job now, but just maintaining that, staying healthy, not having any bad stuff happen. Yeah. And I wrote health on mine and really it comes back. Family is always number one. So making sure that everyone in our family is healthy, the kids are growing, they're getting smarter, faster, stronger. Our son, Wyatt, his speech has improved so much recently. So I hope it continues to improve. He's kicking butt. I'm so proud of him that I, you know, in order for me to, to say life's amazing, couldn't get any better. Like I want to actually lose the weight that I've been wanting to lose for years. Five years from now, I'm able to say like, I would be able to lose the weight. However that means, it probably means getting my ass on the Peloton, but just staying with a balanced, with a balanced, healthy, not diet. It, it's really lifestyle. So better eating habits being at my ideal weight, being comfortable, that would be really important. And I need to treat my health a lot, I think a lot better than I do even our finances. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the case, but health is really, really important. You know, and part of this is the mental struggle that I have, but I always got to keep reminding myself that as we get older, it's going to cost me a whole lot of money if I'm unhealthy. And that is probably going to be, and it's sad, but it's probably going to be another motivating factor. I also want to be around for my kids like, and for you and stuff. So health is definitely important. What's your third category there, Tay? Uh, my third category on there is work. And I put it on there because it's a big part of my time. I do enjoy work. I enjoy what I'm doing. We're going to have an episode next month come out about how to create your dream job because I feel like I literally have my dream job. When I get up and go to work, I feel like I have the best job possible. Like I've created this amazing job. I really feel like I'm helping patients. But more importantly than that, I feel like I have control over my schedule. I have control to be able to do the right thing for my patients. I don't have to spend a lot of my time fighting with insurance companies because I work for the military. So in general, we know what our options are. We know what's covered and I can just do what's right for the families and really provide individualized care and make sure that my patients get the best care possible. So I feel like I have my dream job right now. And recently I've been thinking about what I can do in my job. We've converted to mostly virtual visits. I'm doing lots of virtual stuff, but I do, I want to make my clinic better and more efficient and make it a better experience for families. So I feel like I'm constantly trying to improve that. And right now just trying to find ways to make my dream job even better, even though it's already great and I love it. And I feel like I have tons of opportunities for growth and career development. I still just need to decide what's important. And I think there's so many options out there for me that I, whatever path I choose for career development and like focusing on like clinical research or specific patient initiatives, whatever I do is going to be great. Yeah. You love what you do. 
It's awesome. And then teaching residents, like I made this whole online rotation that is pretty awesome. If anyone wants it for pediatric pulmonology, let me know. But it's all online resources with lectures, articles, things to go through. And it's just awesome way to teach residents virtually. And then also it's a time saver for me because once I have a resident with me in person, they can still go through this online rotation and have all these resources. And it's just, it's awesome. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah, the way you can just email me, ryan at financialresidency.com. And I can connect you with Taylor and whatever that resource would include. But I like it. I like that work hits it because you do love what you do. And earlier, before we had gotten married and we were talking, you going to med school and then there was this thing called a residency. And then, by the way, I want to do three more years and do this fellowship. And at some point I woke up and was like, hold on, we're one, you're going to be in a lot of school and a lot of debt, even though we were really good about that. I was proud of you. But we will actually talk about how we ended up paying down all that medical school debt. But I joked and was like, you sure you don't just want to go into like derm or be a surgeon, make a whole boatload of money? And you're like, no, that wouldn't make me happy. And I'm really happy that you stuck true. And most of me was joking about that, but peds doesn't pay the most by any means, but I'm really happy that you chose that and that you're able to follow that. And then the job that you found and, you know, setting and creating your dream job was pretty cool to experience and see you build that. And also, I mean, even within pediatric pulmonology, I know in Vegas, we talked about me starting a practice and went through what that would look like. And even when as far as like getting funding and office space or talking about funding office space, like everything that would go into that. And there is the potential to make a lot more money working in private practice on my own and running a business. But I knew that I wanted nothing to do with running a business. I didn't want to see my patients as dollar bills and be trying to churn through patients so that I could make more money, which I knew Ryan would be his bottom line. Like, how much are we pulling in? I wouldn't care. And like with hiring staff and being in charge of staff, like I am a horrible boss. I'm like way too nice. I like want to pay people too much. I want to send them home early. Like I'm the worst boss ever when it comes to running a business. So I knew that I would never be happy in that situation because I'd always be thinking about the bottom line, making money, making sure everyone's happy. And my job now, I just focus on my patients, making sure they get what they need. So I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be the best of the the bosses in that. And I definitely would have to watch out and see like what we're doing, how it's working. And there's ancillary businesses that can work at a loss or to basically break even and they work out well. And there's businesses that it's all about the bottom line and it's tough to do that balancing act and definitely can appreciate you not wanting to do that with patients. My third piece here was business. And in order for me to tell this person in the airport as we're walking by, I guess, is life's amazing, couldn't get any better, is a couple of things. One is financial residency would be helping hundreds of thousands of physicians take control over their finances, that I would have a team around me that can help support everyone in the community so we can continue our mission to help serve and, but also not take away all my time from the other things that are important to me. Cause financial residency is extremely important. Taylor is over here shaking her head. Like she knows it is very, very important, but I also have a family. I also have the clients that we work one-on-one with at physician wall services, right? And in order for me to say life's amazing, like I want to be helping thousands of physicians making real lasting behavioral changes in their physician lives just imagining like all the physicians that we could help and how that in turn allows them to focus on what they do best, helping their patients. And then I even take it a step further and go, well, if the physicians are happy and they're helping their patients, like how many patient lives are we impacting? Right. And it's probably millions. So it's really, really powerful to me and is a huge motivating factor for what I do in business. 
It would also mean that physician tax advisors, right, our CPA firm, would be also impacting thousands of physicians and helping them save money on their taxes and not paying Uncle Sam a penny more than they have to because I don't want to give more money to the government because they're just going to waste it. I don't care what side of, of politics it's on. They all waste money. So I'd rather them keep more from themselves and allowing them to increase their net worth and even increase donations to charities to help those who are less fortunate. And we launched the Doctor Podcast Network this year. And so in order for me to say life's amazing, that network, which we're reaching about 20,000 physicians currently, would be helping hundreds of thousands of physicians with their finances or their careers or entrepreneurship or discussing public health or even their specialties and allowing them to grow personally and professionally. And it would also allow the content creators, the physicians themselves, to amplify their voices. So a lot of my business pieces that I want would just, they're all in place now, which is super neat that I'm doing these things, but they would be bigger and more impactful and helping more physicians. And that would be something that I would say life is pretty amazing. And I also have to add that I feel like Ryan is a serial entrepreneur. So I feel like five years from now, he'll have six other things going on in addition to these six things. And each thing that he started has taken off and been successful. And once it starts getting successful, it's like, oh, I got to find something else. So he finds something else to start. So it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish in the last five years. And I'm excited to see what happens with the next five years. I do feel like I am the voice of reason, though, always being like, hey, there's only one of you. You only have so much time. Dial it back here. Like, come hang out. Yeah. And family is the most important. And I think I've talked about on the show is when I had a normal like desk job, I was working for other financial planners and wasn't able to help who I wanted to help. And I had to have a million dollar net worths and all this other crap that went into it. I couldn't help people like us, like physician families. And I think as I get going and as this continues to grow, I see more of a need or I look at it and go, Hey, they're getting hosed right here. I can't tell you how many CPAs we've had to explain we work with hundreds of clients and probably hundreds of CPAs at this point, what a backdoor Roth is and how they're paying money to the government that they shouldn't be paying. Or, you know, there's different things. There's so many lives that we are impacting through this podcast that I want all the physicians that want to amplify their voice and get their voice out there that are afraid of starting a podcast or don't know where to start or don't know how to do it. I want you to get your message out because it's going to make you happier. It's going to make the physician audiences that you're talking to happier. They're going to learn things. You're going to help patients. It just helps everyone. And I want that. So when I see a need, I want to fill it. And Taylor is definitely the voice of reason going, yes, I know you want to. There's only one of you, but we're working on those. These are baby steps for me. But those are the things for at least business that I would say I really want to accomplish. What's your fourth one? My last big one is travel, traveling with our family. And I got this really cool notebook when we went on our trip to Australia in February, right before COVID. So I got this notebook when we were in Uluru. And as we were headed home, we were at the airport on the Gold Coast, and we made a list of all the trips that we wanted to do with our family. We actually divided it out into big trips, like international trips or just trips that were really big, and then family trips in the United States that were not as big, but also just as cool. And it's funny because we made this like end of February, right before COVID hit and everything shut down completely. Literally like two and a half weeks. When we get home, like the 26th of February, something like that. And COVID, it was like March 13th, 14th. So, I mean, we're talking two and a half weeks and then the entire world is shutting down. This is before our vision was tainted 
if you will. Yeah. So I hadn't pulled, I pulled this out last night to look at it. And then I got distracted looking at the trips that we had written down and like researching those. So then I spent less time writing my goals. So I only made it to my five-year goals. I didn't make it to my 10-year goals. So I'm thankful that this airport test is only five years prior. But I did, we had for big trips that we wanted to do, we have 17 different things on our list. And they're things like going on a Disney cruise in Europe, like going to Hawaii, Big Island, like staying at the Four Seasons, looking at the observatory. So for our big trips, we have things like going on a Disney cruise in Europe, like visiting Iceland, going back to the Great Barrier Reef and staying at an eco lodge. They have these really cool lodges that are on an island and you fly out there and stay there for like days to a week. Like they just look awesome. Going back to South Africa, we went once in college and it was the most amazing trip. I want to go back with our kids and just huge fun things like that. And then we also have stuff in the United States, like even just going to Yosemite, like going to stay on Catalina Island and checking out the Redwoods in Northern California. So for our big trips, we have 17 things. And for our family trips in the United States, we have 19 things. If we think about it, our kids are four and six years old. So if we did one big trip and one family trip every year in the United States, like it would take us like they'd be in their 20s by the time we got to them. So we got to get working on this list here and we're all locked down now, but good for planning and just fun stuff to do. So I'm excited to travel. I want to make that important and do at least one big trip and one family trip each year until forever. So I will partly apologize for robbing the travel budget when we talked about with COVID and how we don't see this happening anytime soon that we're going to be out of essentially lockdown and that we won't be traveling. I immediately took the money and went and invested it in March because I was like, well, if we're not using this for at least a year, this is going in and getting invested. And to be honest, our expenses are lower because we're not going out and eating out. We're not doing a lot of things that we normally would do that we can absolutely afford and that we budget for. So there is extra money and we are replenishing that and saving for those things. But being one of your four and I robbed it, I do slightly, slightly apologize. You better start adjusting that budget. Apparently. Apparently we got to do that. So this was a really fun exercise and it didn't matter when or where we did it. It just was really fun to kind of sit back and go, where would we like to go? What would be really fun? And some of those trips are very cheap. Some of those trips are very expensive and it doesn't matter if all your trips are cheap or all your trips are expensive. It's the idea that if travel is important to you, it meets one of your four here that you need to sit down and have those discussions and dream a little and see what you'd like put some pen to paper, put some numbers down and figure out how much should you be allocating to the right spots. I had a lot of fun doing that and we will obviously be adding in our travel budget because I love to travel as well. And the kids will be getting older and we do want to experience those fun things with them. So my fourth one, and this is where Taylor shook her head is financial. This is more of like a personal finance piece is that I think that anyone can improve, even us, right? As a financial planner, I make mistakes all the time and you guys might not think I make mistakes, but look, as physicians, I'm sure you guys make mistakes too. One of them is as we're working and busting our butts to help all of our clients, I almost forgot to do the last conversion I needed to do for 2019 and I did it on December 31st. Seriously, y'all, I literally almost forgot to do one thing for our own stuff. So mistakes happen. I should have done it way before then, but I did it and I just did on the last day. So I want to be more financially stable, to be more in control even of our own money, to have more, just be more in touch with it. 
to be in a position to continue investing not only our traditional assets, stocks, bonds, things like that, but also be diversified into other investments like the syndication deals that uh, we've been doing with Rika. Kathy Carroll has been on the show a few times. So to continue doing syndication stuff with great firms like hers, to be confident that we're still hitting our financial goals, right? So as we're creating travel budgets and apparently we're doing Christmas budgets or I should say holiday budgets. And I guess I can't call them holiday budgets, can I? Because you you said it was financially. We had to plan financially for our holidays. This is, I'm referring to a show we did a couple of weeks ago. And I actually don't know how we plan for financially for the holidays. And I literally, like, if you ask me how much we spend on the holidays, I could not even give you a ballpark. I could tell you, but that's okay. But, you know, just to be able to look back and say, look, we're hitting our goals. We're saving this. We can, and a big one that we will probably want to talk about at some point on here, if this actually does come to fruition, is being able to afford the house that Taylor wants to build. So that's going to be a big one. And that would probably happen within the five years. So if I'm being very realistic, I mean, look, we've been honest and open and this was not rehearsed. We're you're hearing this straight up unfiltered that five years from now, we will likely be building a house. And if we were to do that, I want to be able to make sure that we're financially able to afford the house and that everything's going well. So coming back to all of this, that if we're to tell someone, hey, life is amazing, it truly couldn't get any better than this. These are our answers. These are our four categories. This is what we'd go through. And the way that I tackled this is very different than the way Taylor tackled this. And I purposely didn't give her a ton of information because I wanted her to come out with her own thought process to derive her own answers and not use what I thought was a good framework because all of us are different, right? Taylor's got goals. I have goals. We have joint goals and you guys are going to be the same way. Even if you don't have a significant other, it's still important to plan this out. But if you are going to do this, and I really hope you guys all want to do this type of exercise, that you work independently, you don't talk, you come together and you hear everything unfiltered and make sure you give the person enough space to talk. One of the reasons I like doing this as a recording is because I won't interrupt her and she won't interrupt me because that would make a bad podcast. And so it forces us to let the other person think and to get through their thoughts and to work through it. And I get to hear an unfiltered version that isn't me interrupting all the time. So there's a couple other exercises that you guys can do. We've mentioned the three questions by George Kinder. He's also created this ideal day, week, and year schedule that you can put together. Some people have a very hard time thinking about what an ideal day, week, or year would look like. Some of you think that'd be very easy. You might already do that. So I highly recommend checking into some of those. You can literally Google it. He's got a great website, Life Planning for You. Dot com that allows anyone, you don't have to be an advisor or anything to go through and just fill those things out. I recently stumbled upon something else called the impossible list. And I thought it was a fascinating thing. So I will likely be going through that exercise and putting it on financialresidency.com. Maybe I'll convince Taylor to do that, but stay tuned for those details on what that would be. And then the last one here is a one-year letter test. And that really is you sitting down and writing out a letter to yourself. Now it's hard, you can't mail it to yourself and usually it helps when you have an independent third party that can help you with this. But the idea is what would need to take place in a year that you're writing a letter to yourself and saying, here's all the things that I want to accomplish over the next year. 
And if you write it to yourself and then you open it up in a year and see what you actually have done, it's an interesting perspective just to see what you thought one year versus what actually occurred over the year. As humans, we're really bad at, at estimating with time. Like, how much can I get done in a day? I'm really bad. I know everyone's really bad. We always think we can do a lot more than we actually can. And over a 12-week period, that's kind of our sweet spot. We think we can't do a lot of things. We end up doing two or three X what that is. And it's hard to forecast a year, but I think it's a really cool exercise. So if you're interested in doing more exercises around life planning, that's another one that you can do. But Tay, thanks so much for putting up with me, talking through this stuff. I think it's super fun. Thank you. Your one-year thing right now might not be the best thing because everyone's going to just say, survive this, keep your sanity, recover from COVID, and just get through this. If you think about it, we've been in this for like eight months now. So think about everything that's gone on in the last eight months. If someone had told you eight months ago that the world would be shut down for this long, think about all the things you could have planned and done in that time. So I'm trying to take this time to just plan like things are going to be like they are for the next year and just try to survive and make the most out of family time. But that can go on that list, right? So if it's about survival and thriving while in quarantine, and that's the exact view and approach you're going to take, then I think it's even more reason to write this stuff down, to think through what is it, instead of binge watching Netflix or listening to a thousand podcasts, we love you and listening to all the podcasts, but like, what else could you be doing that would maybe drive you even more happiness? I think everyone getting in control of their finances is a great thing, but there's other things that are going to motivate you that are going to be exciting. And so if you were to write a one-year letter test, why wouldn't you want to break out the things that you would really like to accomplish in the year, even if you, we have these lame, horrible restrictions that are absolutely needed, but there's no harm in that. I think it actually is more reason to do that. everyone bust out your one-year letter do it i love it now more importantly i think you guys should be doing this airport test and being able to talk through and look at the four key pieces and looking five years out i agree that a year we might still be in some of this mess but five years out we know we won't be and there's a lot of things that all of us want to accomplish and i think it's a good thing to to work through this type of exercise but thank you everyone for being here we really really appreciate all of you please share the podcast with at least one physician family. We really, really want to help physicians take control of their finances and be in control and just feel more empowered with everything. So now it's time to hear that important little disclaimer from Little Man, and we're out. Cheers. This is for entertainment purposes only. Do not take this as investment advice. My dad is only a fiduciary for his clients. Have a great day. Bye.